Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I'm very excited to welcome in just a little bit Izell Reese, former NFL football player, CEO of RCX Sports, and executive director of NFL Flag, who will be coming to us from Las Vegas from the Pro Bowl, where, as you guys know, there's a whole new format this year. So we're going to talk to Izell about that. We're going to talk to him about his journey to RCX Sports and females and flag. But before we do that, I just wanted to give you guys kind of a 49ers wrap-up after we, the media, met with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch on Wednesday just kind of wrapping things up of 2022 and giving you guys kind of what you need to know going into 2023. As you guys also know, Tom Brady retired from the NFL, which takes Tom Brady to the 49ers out of contention. But Kyle Shanahan said the 49ers are content with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. He said that he hasn't thought as far as a QB competition, but Right now, they are content with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Of course, we're still awaiting, at least at the time of recording, we're still awaiting the news on what Brock Purdy is going to do with his elbow injury. John Lynch said he was getting a variety of opinions, but it looked like consistently that it would be a six-month rehab, which would have him ready for training camp. Of course, Trey Lance is recovering from his ankle injury. He had a second surgery late December, so... That's kind of where the 49ers are as of this moment. It does not look like they're looking to bring in a high-priced veteran. They seem happy to go with what they got. And personally, I do think Brock Purdy showed in these games that he played that he deserves the starting job and he's somebody the 49ers can rely on. Of course, it is February as we're having this discussion. We will see what happens. But that's kind of where we were on the quarterback position. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Earlier this week, Trent Williams was asked when we were all there for locker cleanout, just kind of what you know, it feels like at the end of a season, is it grueling? Does he ever think maybe this is it? Kyle Shanahan said he does not expect Trent Williams to retire. Trent Williams did talk about, of course, it's grueling and he'll be 35 when the season starts. And at the end of a season, of course, you're evaluating and all of the things. But Kyle Shanahan had said he does not expect Trent Williams to retire. But we will see what happens there. But I also would not expect Trent Williams to retire. I'm not saying that with any inside information, just based on kind of what he said. But Time will tell on that. Big off-season story, of course, is going to be the Nick Bosa contract situation. John Lynch said Nick seems pretty chill about it, and they'll have to be patient and persistent, but I think we can all agree that Nick Bosa will sign a very large contract, as he deserves, and will be on the 49ers for a very, very long time, but that was an update from there. And 
Kyle Shanahan talked a lot about that game and at the end of the season and how they really felt, the 49ers really felt they could win that game against the Eagles and were going to, and they had a great game plan. And of course, Brock Purdy gets knocked out very early with the elbow injury. He did have to come back after Josh Johnson then got knocked out with a concussion, as we know, and all he could do was hand the ball off because he literally could not throw the ball. And Kyle Shanahan said that, you know, this was a particularly hard one. And as he's been through some very big losses, of course, and he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, Super Bowl. He's been through big loss with the Fort Niners in the Super Bowl, last year's NFC Championship game. And he said this one thus far is the hardest, but he feels good about this team. He believes in this team. And he said he is pumped for next season. But, you know, the 49ers have a lot of free agents coming into this, this next offseason. And that's one of the really hard things about football, of course, and the business of sports. But they do have a lot of free agents. And so one of the people that was asked about was Emmanuel Mosley, who got hurt in week five. But John Lynch said that his rehab was going very well, and it's someone they would like to have back. John Lynch was asked if he was planning to stay as GM. You guys may remember last year, Amazon offered him, I believe, $15 million to be an analyst, but he decided to stay. But he said he absolutely is planning to stay on as GM, that he loves his job and there's more that he wants to accomplish. And last but certainly not least, the 49ers need themselves a new defensive coordinator as D'Amico Ryans was officially hired as the head coach of the Houston Texans. Big congratulations to D'Amico very well deserved, but now the 49ers are in need of a defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio, who was reportedly in the mix, decided to go to Miami and he will work for Mike McDaniel. That Shanahan coaching tree is just everywhere. And Shanahan said he's looking for someone that won't turn things over. He likes the defense. The 49ers like the defense. He wants that to stay consistent and he wants continuity there. So that was a big thing. So that is just my little wrap up for you guys as we go into the offseason. Things to keep an eye on, of course, that Nick Bosa contract, who's back and who isn't. Because as I said, there are a lot of free agents, including Mosley, including Jimmy Ward. There are some big ones. So we will see, including Aziz Al Shayer. So there are a lot of things to keep an eye on there. So this weekend is the Pro Bowl. Next week is the Super Bowl. But let's start with the Pro Bowl at Las Vegas. And let's talk to Izel Reese more about it. Guys, I am so excited to welcome my guest, Izel Reese, former NFL player, CEO of RCX Sports, and executive director of NFL Flag. Izel is coming to us from Las Vegas, where, as I'm sure all of you know, the Pro Bowl is being take, taking place this weekend. And under a new format, it is going to be a flag football game under the guidance of RCX Sports. So much to discuss. Want to talk about females and flag. But Izel, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I would love for you to start just by talking a little bit about the new format and how it came to be and how RCX Sports got involved. Yeah, so uh, RCX, we, we've been fortunate to oversee NFL flag football for the NFL. Uh, almost 600,000 kids play and participate around the country. So we've been here uh, now going on our third year and overseeing that program. Uh, and it's probably 170 plus teams that are here at the youth side. So uh, one of the things and uh, how we got to this point with the NFL is they wanted to continue to evolve and grow uh, the game uh, of flag football. And uh, more importantly, they wanted to uh, enhance the experience of the Pro Bowl and for the players themselves and the fans that are watching. And how could we do something that was fun? How could we 
do something with the actual pro bowlers uh, that increase the competition level and would be exciting to watch. And so we said, why not flag football as well? And so here we are with the pro bowl games uh, and, and flag football will be one of the features among uh, other games that will be played for the, for the linemen, for the quarterbacks and so forth. And then we'll end on a high note with flag football. That's awesome. And I, for one, am very excited just to see kind of how it's evolved and, and how it's going to go over the weekend. And it's going to be, I think, very fun to see these very large professional football players playing flag <laughs> football in a game that's often thought of for kids. But what a fun thing this is going to be for everyone involved. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and to your point, uh, it's not just a game for kids. Adults play. Uh, we were just part of the uh, World Games uh, as well in Birmingham, Alabama. And it opened the door for a possibility for even uh, LA 28 for the Olympics uh, of all things. So, you know, they're playing it at all levels, men, women, uh, everybody. And so knock on wood, we're vying for that opportunity, hopefully to be in LA. Oh, that would be amazing when you said that. And also when you said 2028, all of a sudden that used to sound so far away. And now I feel like that's, that's not far away at all, which is so crazy. Not at all. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about females and flag, because that's something that I'm obviously very interested in. And I know our listeners are as well. So if you can just talk a little bit about that and how that came about and, and what our listeners can expect. Yeah. So so the way the whole females and flag initiative under NFL flag and this this major push of uh, getting young women to play at all levels mm -hmm. uh, is what it derived from. But it was a priority for the NFL. But more importantly, uh, there were young girls already playing and participating uh, at different age groups with NFL flag. Uh, but what we saw when we um, we had the opportunity to oversee NFL flag starting in 2019 is a demand for young girls of wanting to continue to play uh, and play for their high schools, uh, even hopefully play in, in college. And so, you know, we've been able to do that over the last three years. Uh, there's multiple states. Uh, New York was just announced as sanctioning it as a high school sport the other day. Um, uh, California is on that list as well uh, with it pending. I think an announcement is coming up uh, here shortly in the next few days. Uh, knock on wood, hopefully that goes through. But one of the exciting things, and I think that we've seen a, a, a spur of growth at the high school level and even at the younger levels uh, is uh, because that college door has been open. Uh, three years ago, the NAI announced uh, that they would start playing and it's now going into its third year with uh, – multiple colleges, over 15 that are participating. Junior colleges uh, launched this year, and now we're in heavy talks with uh, NCAA. So NCAA uh, institutions uh, opening that door as well. And so I think that was the biggest thing and what was missing with the sport is uh, young girls getting the opportunity to choose and be a part of this sport at every level. Same way same way I got to play it at every every level uh, in tackle and, and you know, as, as a young child and playing all the way up to the NFL. There needed to be a path for young girls, young women to be able to play this sport uh, in the same manner. And as we see more and more women coach in the NFL and in other leagues, and we see so many more women, not nearly enough in front office positions, but getting there, I think it is very important to have a pathway for young girls and young women who want to play football and who want to play flag football. So I, I commend what you're doing. Uh, thank you. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad to be a cheerleader. Uh, on the sideline, but it was pioneers and women in the space that motivated me to want to do more and, and just be on their team to help. Uh, so there's there's phenomenal women that have played the game, 
coached the game, officiating, even when it was just in this kind of more infancy stages. But they're the true pioneers and, and leaders and those young girls that were courageous enough to go out and play this sport. And so I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of it and uh, watching these young women show them what they can really do on the football field. So I want to talk a little bit about you and how you got to this position. As I mentioned at the beginning, you are a NFL veteran playing in the league for seven years. The Cowboys, shut your ears, 49ers fans who are listening, the Broncos, the Bills, and you had obviously a fantastic career, but now you are the CEO of RCX Sports that started in 2019. If you can take us a little bit on your journey from your playing career to where you are today. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I had I had a had a long, good career, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but one of the most memorable things with me was, was always working with youth. I mean, it started back when I was playing in college and obviously, uh, you know, after being drafted by the Cowboys and playing in the NFL, uh, that I, I relished the moment of being a role model uh, because there were people along the way that inspired me, uh, motivated me uh, to to want to play and be involved in you know, really understanding the transformational power of sport. That's what's, that's what's led me to the position I'm, I'm, I'm in now that's being off the field and to be able to be put in a position of, of leadership as CEO of this organization that's just doing phenomenal work and leading a phenomenal uh, team. Football prepared me for that. Uh, and, and the work I get uh, to do now uh, with the NFL. Uh, and then also we work in a similar capacity with uh, NHL. Uh, with NHL street hockey that we've launched, uh, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball uh, as well. So now, you know, because of this and the work we're doing, it's allowed me to work with uh, multiple pro sports in a similar mo model of driving youth sports initiatives. So I couldn't be more excited. Uh, not a day goes by where this doesn't feel like work. And uh, as great as it was playing in the uh, NFL, and, and which, I, which I thoroughly love, it was a childhood dream come true. Uh, but that was an individual accolade, you know, something that, you know, my hard work put in and, and blessed me to be in that position. But this position, what I do now uh, far exceeds that uh, when you can kind of, uh, you know, impact the lives of so many young people across the country, across the across the globe uh, and representing uh, youth sports and creating very, very good experience and memorable experiences that makes these young people fall in love with sport like I did as a child. Well, you said something just now that I found interesting that I'd love to expand upon. And you talked about how football really prepared you for what you're doing now. And so when I look at what you're doing to make football more accessible to all youth, you know, through what you're doing with NFL flag, et cetera, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how football prepared you and how you're hoping what you guys are doing will be able to prepare young kids for their futures, whatever they may be. Yeah, and I guess I would start with the journey. I mean, it's, it's pillars that, you know, you hear character, teamwork, adversity, if you will. Uh, and you always hear like, hey, you can learn these things through sport. Uh, and, and I definitely was an example of that. I mean, starting, you know, starting from college, you know, I went to college hoping to get an education, couldn't afford it. Uh, so I, can, you know, come from humble beginnings. Uh, but then in college, I was a walk-on. I, I didn't get a scholarship and ended up getting drafted by the Cowboys. So I take that as that example of, you know, adversity. And, and you know, and then in my years with, with with Dallas, you know, I was I was fortunate to play with good leaders, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith. I mean, and, uh, Darren Woodson, Deion Sanders, these was my teammates. And so they kind of took me under their, their, their wing and, you know, just high-quality character men were still making an impact uh, on the game in a variety of, of ways. I was able to take notes and, and learn from that. 
So, I mean, that goes into that teamwork and just uh, everything that kind of comes from the locker room. I like to say sports, you know, it's that thing that you, you, you can't really learn. I won't say you can't learn it in a classroom, but how do you teach adversity? You got to experience it. And this is a positive manner to experience a lot of those characteristics uh, for, for young people. And I, I feel like we're in a space now where we really need it, you know, and uh, getting these kids active, getting them engaged uh, through sport. Uh, you know, it's just a positive thing. And so, you know, in the leadership aspect of it, you know, if, if you've made it to that to that level, Obviously, it goes without saying that it, you know, you, you have to be a leader or have been a leader from high school to collegiate and on when you, you know, when you, you've been and you've played at those different levels and for a long period of time. So in come now as, as CEO of RCX Sports, you know, we have over 100 employees with the, with the company and I get to lead these people and lead the vision and mission, you know, similar to a head coach, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I've had, I've had team, teammates that have been with me and staff rather that have been with me for a very long period of time. And so, you know, that translation, it, it goes without saying, you know, you hit a lot in corporate America, how to use analogy of sports uh, in business. And so, you know, that's something that I, I, you know, get to do firsthand and taking that, that, that winning culture of being in a locker room with sport and then even, even teaching that and instilling that in, into my own staff. So those, those are just some, I mean, I could keep going and on and on, but those are just some of the things that, you know, a top of mind and have prepared me to this role that, that, that I'm in and, you know, relishing the work that I get to do with youth uh, through sport now. So focusing back on the Pro Bowl this weekend, because I know our listeners are excited about that and get to see their favorite athletes. It's a shift. It's a funny weekend because you got a lot of people who were hoping they wouldn't be there this weekend because they thought they were going to be in the Super Bowl by a lot of people, I think the guys on the team that I cover uh, and, and a lot of other, other people at that, but what are you most looking forward to in this <laughs> format, in the competitions? And what are you looking forward to seeing how it all works out? Uh, I'm looking forward to the guys having fun, uh, the competition of it. Uh, one of the, one of the beauties of the flag too. the, the players take the helmets off. So you see the big smiles, you see them having fun and bringing that competition back to, to, to the pro bowl. Uh, I, I think we're going to see that flag offers that 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 level of competition that we want to see and then the players having fun so at the end of the day this 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 new format and this change you know they had to vote on it players had to feel good about it the coaches and gms if you will and so they're excited about it and so we're excited to watch them uh and engage with them and and more importantly these kids that play flag or tackle for that matter they get to root their players on and kind of see them in a different light uh, if you will. And so excited about this new format. And uh, I can't I can't wait to watch it, see it and, uh, you know, and watch the fan base, um, you know, national television and, and those that are attending the Pro Bowl games to watch them interact and watch them compete and have fun as well. Will the kids have any potential to interact with some of the players? Yes, yes. Uh, so some of the NFL players are actually coming out to the NFL flag tournament that starts tomorrow. I'm actually here at the fields now at Heritage Park. Here in Vegas, it's over 170 teams, so they're going to get a nice surprise tomorrow. Some of the pro bowlers are going to come out and walk the fields and engage with them, so that's going to be a nice treat. And yes, some of the players will be down on the field um, uh, and interact with the pro players as well, and so they're really excited about it, and they're all playing the same game uh, on this given weekend, and so it's going to be a very unique experience for those for those young kids to see and be surprised by it and, and watch those players in action. So you guys obviously have a ton of very exciting things in the works, potentially the Olympics in 2028. 
As you look to the next three to five years of where you are, what would you like to see NFL flag and females in flag continue on to be? Well, next three to five years, while at the, at the pace we're going, uh, is is obviously one of the fastest growing sports right now. I, I see I see flag plus tackle, but seeing it at the top of the mountain, if you will, with just the staggering growth. And uh, I see women dominating. I see young girls just really taking this game. And I mean, I see it now. And uh, some people get to see it uh, this weekend in a tournament. These girls can play. And so uh, I'd love to see it at every collegiate level, uh, you know, every NCAA institution offering it, young ladies playing around the world. Uh, and it'd be great, you know, to to get that, that bid into the Olympics and, and seeing both men and women get to represent their country in the sport of football. I mean, it's something that I think everybody would love to see uh, once they see them compete and once they see them play. Every state, you know, I said earlier, uh, California was on the list, but every state in the U.S., I see it in the next three to five years, if not sooner, where every state and a girl plays uh, for her high school the same way I play for my high school uh, for tackle football. They should be represented. These young women want to play. These young girls want to play. Um, and this this hopefully gives them that avenue. And, and hopefully we see that in the next three to five years. Isel, this has been awesome, and I really commend what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you for all of the fangirls uh, who are listening and everyone from Fangirl Nation. Thank you, because this is really fantastic. Can you let everybody know where they can find out more about you and RCX Sports and NFL Flag? Yes, yes. You can go as far as NFL Flag. You can go to NFLflag.com and find out anything. If you want to start a league, if you want to know where young girls are playing, if you want to see where leagues are in your area. Uh, all that information uh, is there. And you can also go to rcxsports.com to learn about all the pro sports that we represent. We call it Play With the Pros and just learn about all the different initiatives and, and uh, what we're looking to do to kind of reimagine what youth sports could look like uh, with, on behalf of pros and, uh, and, and its players. So uh, those two sites that so you can come and find out information and definitely tune in uh, this weekend to watch uh, the flag football games uh, at Pro Bowl games uh, as well. Fantastic, Izel. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was great. Thanks so much for having me, and I appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to it again. Hopefully, I get to talk with you at the Super Bowl as well. Oh, that would be fantastic. I will be there. You guys, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.